It's your American patriot, DJ Drew Shelton. With insight and analysis of today's rapidly shifting world, we welcome you to the Jewess Patriot Show. Talk Radio's premier Jewish activist, Cindy Gross. Featuring exclusive interviews with today's top newsmakers and trendsetters. Remember, you don't have to be Jewish to be with Cindy. And now, coming from our WGBB studios in the tri-state area, your Jewess patriot, Cindy Gross. Hello, and welcome back to the Jewess Patriot. I am your host, Cindy Rose. Today's premier Jewish activist, I also want to call myself the common sense activist, the American activist, fighting for democracy activist. And I'm so honored that so many of you have joined me. And so many of you really have reached out to me since the war in the Middle East began, uh, especially non-Jews in my community, so many minority people, blacks and Hispanics, uh, people that you wouldn't expect based on what you see in the fake news, people that support Israel and support, uh, democracy. Again, most of my show is going to be dedicated to the headlines in Israel. We have a very exclusive interview with the editor of the Israel National News coming to us from Israel with updates. And I'm going to have two guests on that are very familiar with you from Fox News, from Newsmax, Vince Ellison and Jason Rance. They have new books out, but their books are extremely timely without planning it because so much of their content uh, is about what is going on in Israel and how it relates to what's going on into the news in America. But as many of you know, I open up each show with my pearls of wisdom because I am Zisel Peril, and that means sweet pearl in Yiddish. So welcome into my world. I really don't want to spend much time on what I have to say because my guests have so much to say. And we try to answer some of the questions. But the one big question I am asked, how did this happen? And my answer to you is, if you think this is something that can't happen anywhere else in the world, you're sadly mistaken. We are going to find out after the war, too late, how very carefully enemies of democracy, enemies of the American dream, had been working for years, had been using social media, advanced technologies, the cyberspace, cryptocurrency, all these new things that we thought we invented to make the world better. And we have to start to question, when America became a superpower, did we really need that? I'm also amazed how many smart people who I consider smart, who I feel have a feeling of looking at the news, of speaking to others, how really they're not smart at all. I get questions all the time that amaze me. And if they amaze me, they should amaze you. I'm telling you that 
this is not a five-year plan that was in the works or a 10-year plan. It could be even longer. We have to start questioning our immigration system very carefully. And when I mean immigration, we have to start talking about things like DACA and the children of immigrants who went through public schools. You know, when immigrants came through Ellis Island, they had to meet people and ask answer questions. Many of them, most of them, had to have family relatives here help support them. And there was an allegiance to America. What we are finding out, whether or not it's the Western worlds in Europe or America or Australia, around the world, people are immigrating to these areas, but they're not showing allegiance. And that's the key to everything if we learn from what's going on and what's ahead. People who want a government of despots who are making billions and trillions of dollars and living the life of luxury at the expense of the people they're supposed to govern, including willing to kill them, and not just kill them, but kill them viciously. Where is that common sense? And why do so many people gravitate to it? Is it because our education system is so watered down? And then the next question I ask is, how do the Jews get so involved in this? Why do people hate Jews so much? And my answer to everybody is not why they hate, but what are the next steps to take? You know, Jews are a very small population, but we assimilate super well. And that includes with our money, hiring people who aren't Jewish who play the game that they like Jews, but their social media posts prove otherwise. Giving money to organizations, to college universities, to government officials. We've got to start taking back that power and really spending it on ourselves and rethinking it. Because money is power. Knowledge is power. And without the knowledge and without the money, you're going to see more and more wars like in Israel. And my final tip, Taiwan, you better be making yourself some bond shelters because you're next. Uh, with the alliance of China and Russia, Iran, North Korea, we see what's going on in Europe with Ukraine. We see what's going on with Israel. It's just a matter of time. So let's really think about being proud Americans, being proud people of common sense and working together with what really matters. Placing blame now is not an answer without an action plan. But what is important is making sure that this time is the last time. I'll be back with exclusives from Israel. We now have with us a friend of ours who's been here before. He's giving us some exclusive updates from Israel. He's the editor of Israel National News, Yoni 
Tell everybody what is going on, what you have seen up to now in Israel and around the world, because you actually do report on the news around the world. So first of all, everyone is thinking about that day, Simchat Torah, the festival of Simchat Torah, Shabbat, Saturday, of course, where uh, we're woken up in the morning, me living in central Israel uh, with a siren. It was out of the ordinary because mostly when there are sirens in central Israel, it's something that uh, develops. We have sirens and attacks in the uh, south, and then it becomes something significant in central Israel. So it was obvious that was something out of the ordinary. Uh, we received updates from the army very quickly that something, um, I, I wouldn't say terrible because at that point we didn't understand how terrible was happening. Uh, there were already uh, r- reports what was coming in from the cities, seeing the Toyotas, the 4x4s with the Hamas terrorists shooting everywhere. And the one thing that we said the uh, first hours after it began is, this is what we were always afraid that could happen. But then when we added, but we just hoped and believed that it wouldn't happen. And if we're talking about the conception and asking ourselves how this could happen, I think that that's one of the biggest things. People knew that it could happen, but just were hoping and believing and um, all these different theories. For example, there was a theory that said that it's not worth it for the Hamas. And as we see these days of bombarding, Israel's bombarding them, it, it really is not worth it. But they're not all about what's worth it for me here, what's worth it for me there. Their main agenda is killing Jews, and we forgot that. We always, you know, everyone, by the way, it's not right or left. Everyone went into this conception. For example, you know, last uh, few uh, IDF operations against uh, what was going on in the Gaza Strip, we had the IDF and the government saying out clear, we were only attacking Islamic Jihad targets. We had an interview with an Israeli Air Force pilot who said, uh, we had some uh, incidents where we almost attacked Hamas, and then someone told us it's Hamas, it's not Islamic Jihad. You understand what I'm saying? That's what the the like you know as we're saying it's humanitarian, it's Hamas, it's not Islamic Jihad. And they stopped, they halted, they didn't uh, fire, they didn't attack them. And again, there was all these different theories why it's important. Hamas, we used to say they're almost like a state, so they have uh, calculations and considerations like a state would have. And on Simchat Torah, we understood that that's not true. They're here to kill Jews, and that's what they want to do. That's about the conception. I think what we're learning also this week, based on what we're seeing around the world, first of all, the reaction of governments like France and Germany, who are now rethinking some of their immigration and support for these groups, as they're now being very strong on not allowing protests. But then again, we see on the ground you know, around the world, it's become hundreds of thousands of people supporting this. They don't even know what they're supporting. They've met, most of these people never met an Israeli, never met a Jew, or really has any interaction and knows the Hebrew. And I think that's a very important war that's the next step bigger after discussing how it happened and after we finished the war is how we're going to break this international war of uh these ignorant people fighting for something they don't even know about. And, you know, and uh, regarding the international, uh, the public uh, opinion, uh, we knew this would happen, but it's still, you know, it's still awkward to see it happening, how the first day was almost a consensus pro-Israel. And then even before the uh, incident with the hospital that we'll talk about, 
you can see it declining. You can see it becoming more problematic, more complex, like people like to talk uh, complicated, like people talk about relations. Uh, and we have to be there strong and not do anything, only pending the uh, public opinion. But the public opinion is important. And we are seeing also Israel uh, acting differently than in the past. IDF spokesperson is coming out with English, uh, English uh, written, uh, you know, Hasbara materials explaining the situation, explaining Israel's position, the prime minister, everyone is talking to the international media. And that's different and that's important. But it's a challenge because uh, it's not only that the Hamas hates us, there are many elements around the world uh, to a different extent each that hate us and will always blame the Jews. So it's not surprising. It is, it's not to be taken into account when it comes to what Israel does on the ground, but it is an important uh, challenge that it's, it's another battlefield that Israel is a part of. So we're talking with Yoni Kapinski of Israel National News. I want to ask you a personal question and it might be even too hard to answer, but out of everything you've seen with all your reporting, you know so many uh, people in the country. What was the worst thing that you have witnessed so far? You know, uh, I'll tell you a few things. First of all, um, there's all the videos, the terrible videos that are out there. And what I feel, at least, I think many will identify, and it could be because, you know, as human beings, we've become numb to many things. What touches me most is the, the personal stories. There's videos of a child crying in the, in the home, uh, trying to convince the terrorists not to kill them. For me, that is much more traumatic looking at. It doesn't come out of my mind even more than the terrible, terrible, horrific scenes of bodies being burnt. Just that personally for me, they're all horrific. I, uh, a few days before we, uh, recorded this uh, interview, I, uh, visited the kibbutzim. And, uh, and everything connects. Like I saw in front of me the home with the blood, with the burnt, uh, uh, you know, furniture. And it connected to me to the pictures that I saw from inside. I also have a friend who was uh, killed. He's a very, very, very serious commander. He was wounded seriously years ago. We actually got a, a, a WhatsApp that he was killed. All our friends, we were, dealing with that shock. And suddenly one of our friends wrote to us, no, he's alive. He's here. This is years ago. He was seriously wounded and he decided to continue in the army. He became a very significant top commander. And uh, he was killed as he went into one of the kibbutzim and tried to save the members of the kibbutz, not understanding what he was going into. Uh, he was wounded and then they continued firing to him and he was killed. Uh, and that's a personal story. Just one, imagine, just one personal story that I'm familiar with. I'm familiar with other families who lost their loved ones. Very, very hard. It seems that everybody in Israel, even in where I live, everybody knows somebody there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody has been affected. We, we have in our neighborhood a hostage. One of the hostages is from our neighborhood. So we could all relate. What are the takeaways you want people to think about in the coming weeks, because this is not ending soon, and there are lessons to be learned from this so that this never happens again. So I think there's a few things. Everyone has to be recruited. If it's you, what you're doing with uh, talking and giving out the, the information, if it's every person who has a Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or TikTok account is spreading the truth, 
Also spreading the emotions, that's important. But there will be a, a stage, for example, what we experienced with the hospital attack, that really there was a fear that it happened, that it was caused by Israelis. When we first had the uh, first details of what happened, yes, there was a serious fear that it happened because it could happen. It could happen. Israel is the most moral army in the world, but there was a fear that it happened. Uh, but now uh, we get all the information, really so much information that proves that it was a failed uh, rocket attack rocket from the Islamic Jihad. And that's already information that it's important. In fact, for President all... Biden confirmed it as we President were going Biden, into exactly. this. Exactly. So, so, so I'm saying all of you, everyone is watching us. You all are part of this war. Be the soldiers of Israel. And even when Israel is going to be under pressure and Israel will be under pressure, you have to support this cause of fighting against the Hamas, fighting against terrorists, fighting against all those who are sent by those who are come to uh, really destroy, demolish, God forbid, Jewish people. The other thing I want to take away from people is that uh, Jews are united. The government's united, Sephardic, Ashkenazi, everybody is united. And to think that the world thinks that we are divided, they are surely wrong. We right. are united, whether you live in Israel, like you said, around the world, whether or not we're collecting goods or sending or uh, sending money directly or in constant contact with people like yourself, uh, giving us the facts, sending you know, the videos, of course, they could read your articles on Israel National News. Yoni, where can our audience reach you? Arut Sheva, Israel National News. Very simple. Google Arut Sheva or Israel National News. Uh, we're there. I'm less of one of the, you know, private users on the social media. We have our enterprise and we try to use that as our uh, tool to spread the truth. And I thank you for letting me write. I know I owe a couple of articles, but being busy here, we will get this and we're going to update everybody. Please come back. Hopefully when you come back, we have better news to share and some more exciting stuff coming from Israel and for Jews around the world. Amen. Thank you so much. Welcome back, and I'm happy to welcome back my friend Vince Elson, who many of you know, uh, like me, was a congressional candidate, uh, like me, is an outspoken advocate for improved schools and calls out the failures in the public school system, especially for minority families that are looking to have quality education and train their children and teach their children freedom, family, and independence as adults. And he is here to discuss his latest book, Crime Inc., How Democrats Employ Mafia and Gangster Tactics. He couldn't be any more serious than that. To gain and hold power. Thank you so much for joining the Jewess Patriot, where you don't have to be Jewish to get involved in the discussion of common sense. Well, Cindy, thank you so much for having me. So we've discussed this before, and apparently we've been talking to deaf ears. 
and we see our country deteriorating in record numbers. Tell us about your book and how murder, rape, sex trafficking, and just hate crimes in general are uh, part of the political left's agenda to break up America, the middle class, and the core values of freedom that we were uh, established on. Well, thank you so much for the for, for the opportunity, Cindy. Look, I, I was born on a cotton plantation in Haywood County, Tennessee. My father was a sharecropper. I know the Democrat Party very well. The most violent faction of the Ku Klux Klan resided in Tennessee, and this grand wizard lived in Brownsville. So they've been chasing me my whole life. But my father's father aspired and bought us out of poverty, got involved in the insurance industry. We lived a pretty good middle-class life. And I started working in a prison after college and found that we had not overcome. And when I went into the black community to figure out what was going on, I saw something happening. You know, I saw the that the problem wasn't what they told me it was, evil, rich, white conservatives. I found out that it was this, this, this three, these three entities uh, working down there, most black preachers, most black politicians, most black civil rights workers. I called them the Iron Triangle. That was my first book. It was a bestseller. Uh, matter of fact, Book Authority labeled it the twenty, uh, the sixty-first most most um, most uh, important political book of all time. That's how big it was. And then, then after that, I did Twenty Five Lies. Twenty Five Lies chronicled the Democratic Party's most dangerous, seductive lies and how to refute them. That one was a bestseller. I've sold over a hundred thousand books in the past year. Uh, but also, so I wrote a documentary called Will You Go to Hell for Me? It talks about how Christians and Muslims and Jews and people of the book, how we have to live our religion and vote our values. And that the Democratic Party asking us to vote for a party that castrate little boys and call them little girls and double mastectomies little girls and call them little boys and nine month abortion and pressing God out of the public square and allowing all this sex trafficking across the border, how they are in fact asking us to go to hell for them. If we vote that way, because we don't believe these things. So now I've done my, my, my fourth, uh, my third book, and it's called Crime Inc. How the Democrats use mafia and gangster tactics to gain and hold power. The interesting thing about this now is that the Democrat party aren't criminals because they litter and because they run stop signs. They are criminals because they cause misery and death wherever they go. And they are like the mafia. For instance, the mafia makes some of their money by what? Doing hits, right? They kill people and they get paid for it. Well, the Democrat Party also has their mafia hitmen. It's called Planned Parenthood. They get paid for every death and they they kick up and Planned Parenthood then give campaign contributions to the Democrat Party. The the, um, the, uh, cartel is involved in what? Trafficking. Sex trafficking, dope trafficking. Well, every cartel has a K Street lawyer that gives campaign contributions to the Democrat Party and the Democrat Party allows the border to remain open so that the cartels can bring their people across the border, bring their fentanyl across the border, that's killing 100,000 Americans a year. Well, the, the mob and the triad and the crypt and the bloods also groom their children early. They catch them in the streets. They teach them how to be criminals, and by the time they're grown men, they're vicious. The Democratic Party used the public educational system for the same way. They use the public education system to groom, to groom children, to get them involved in their promiscuous sexual lifestyles, to get them involved in dope and drugs and, and all kind of promiscuity, and get them to be hooked on government. So this is how they match. But the most important chapter in the book is the first one that says that all of these criminal organizations start from a foreign influence. The, the, um, the uh, mafia comes from Italy. The triads come from Asia. 
uh, and uh, the MS-13 comes from South America. Well, this version of the Democratic Party is not the 1960s version. The 1960s version was, a, was just a rabble of Klansmen and racists and ignorant racists. This version was taken over in 1972 by the Marxists and the atheists and the perverts in the civil rights community. And in 1972, they took over the Democrat Party and they turned it into a Marxist communist party. So the Democratic Party is not an American party. It's straight out of the USSR. It's straight out of Moscow. And they take their orders from the common term. So this I don't is even why think it is anymore Russia. We we see what's going on in the world right now. We see World War Three at our hands. And I I want to add something very important because I know you for the throughout the years what an outspoken activist you are on behalf of fighting anti Semitism. When did the black community overall become so anti-Semitic? You look at the rallies around the world supporting Palestine from young black youth who don't even know where Israel's located on a map, have probably never had a factual history lesson, and don't know the history of the black Jewish relationship and the importance in the civil rights movement, how they stood hand in hand together and how so much of our histories have overlapped. Maybe you could explain that because I think your explaining it is probably better than me explaining it. Because the Jew, Jewish America and Israel is pro-American and the black caucuses and the civil rights movement taught black people to be anti-American. When you go back to Malcolm X, and when you go back to, to, to Louis Farrakhan, you go back to Elijah Muhammad, when you talk about Martin Luther King Jr., the main thing that they all had in common was that they all were talking bad about America. They said that America hated black people, that America was racist, that America was killing dark-skinned people all over the world that America uh, hated this, America hated that. And anybody that was on America's side, these people also hated. Just like the Palestinians, they hate America because America supports Israel. Anybody that's on Israel's side, they hate. The, 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 the Many of the people in the black community has been taught by the Democratic Party to hate America and hate anyone that sides with America. And the Jewish community sides with America Israel sides side sides with America. So they say these people have to be racist and have to be uh uh uh, 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 uh black haters because they love America. It's just that simple. Well, I have to tell you that um your book is very important. You say it as it is, you don't play games about it. Very few people are warriors like yourself. Where can we get the book? You can get you can go to my website, VinceEllison.com. Go to VinceEllison.com. All three of my books are there. Also, you can look at the trailer from my documentary. It's the best trailer you've ever seen. You can you can stream it or you can buy it from DVD. Or you can go to Amazon or any other books online and maybe maybe you go to your bookstore. When you read Crime Inc., it will let you understand that the Democratic Party is not just a, a evil organization. It is a criminal organization. It is controlled by a cabal of perverts liars, psychopaths, and anti-Christian bigots. And people of the book and people of faith have to understand that they're putting their souls in jeopardy. Not just America in jeopardy, but your everlasting soul in jeopardy. 
by supporting this evil institution, this criminal empire. Go go to anywhere they rule, whether it be Chicago, Detroit, uh, Milwaukee, Memphis, Atlanta, and you'll see nothing but mayhem, death, and destruction. And this is what they want for America. They want you to be, they want to make you a replica of what they've done to the ghettos. If you love the ghettos of America now, you'll love America in 10 years if you keep these Democrats in power. Let's run them out in 2024. Do you see people starting to wake up in the party, in, in, in the black community towards the Democratic Party? Because let's face it, Joe Biden was not ahead until Jim Clyburn endorsed him in South Carolina. Yeah, uh, they're definitely waking up. Um, the, the, the Democrats really think that they won the election by 10 million votes. So they became very comfortable and started li- and stopped lying and started telling people what they were doing. They told them, yes, we're sexually grooming your children in public education. Yeah, we're transitioning your children when they come to school. Yeah, we kicked God out and we bought the porn in. We'll let drag queens come and shake their behinds in the children's faces. And, 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 and because of people like you and me, we made sure that the public heard it. We made sure the public saw it. And now from now from the latest poll, uh, they said that Trump is getting close to 20 percent of the black vote that um, and uh, that Joe Biden's approval rating amongst black people is 69 percent lowest of any president in recent memory. So that's still a lot. But with black people who usually poll at about 90 percent for any Democrat president, for Joe Biden to be at 69 percent is catastrophic. So they're waking up. Because we are out there, because you're out there, Cindy, because the people that listen to you are out there and talking also and sharing this information. So when they buy my book, it'll just give them more ammunition to share and explain to their friends why the Democratic Party is an evil institution, why the black community is at the bottom of every socioeconomic statistic in America because of this party, and it'll give added ammunition that's coming from the mouth of a black man. We could talk about this uh, forever. We invite you to come back. Vince Everett Ellison, thank you so much for joining the Jewess Patriot. Keep up the work and keep saying the words like you do because you are a powerful voice for the future of America. Well, God told Cain when he was angry about at his brother Abel uh, because God had rejected his offering. He said, Cain, if you do well, will you not be accepted? And if not, sin waits at the door to master you, but you must master it. We all just must do well. And if we do well, we'll accept and love one another. And that's what we need. Forgiveness, love, forbearance. That's what we need in America, not hatred. We need so to love one, love another. one another as we go to a commercial break. Thank you. Welcome back. Joining us now is a very familiar face if you uh, watch Fox News. And, of course, he is a voice of common sense. He is the author of the brand-new book, What's Killing America? Inside the Radical Left's Tragic Destruction of Our Cities. It's a stunning look into how America's biggest cities are now being destroyed by progressive policies and woke Democrats. And let's just add, given the recent current events, how we are now, as Americans, unsafe in our own neighborhoods. Jason Rance, thank you so much for joining the Jewess Patriot. And uh, your book could not come out at a better time because the one thing that I am hearing from everybody is what happened in Israel is definitely going to happen now because we have thousands of people from the same areas coming into our borders, 
getting advantages that tax-paying Americans aren't? I don't even know if you have to just focus on that. I mean, I was at one of the pro-Hamas rallies. It wasn't a pro-Palestinian rally. It was a pro-Hamas rally. And these are our neighbors. There are, you know, teachers and lawyers. And these are folks who hold pretty horrific and disturbing positions about Israel and Jews. And when I hear them calling for the destruction of Israel, chanting from the river to the sea, or chanting, we don't want two state, we want 1948. I think they're making themselves pretty clear. And what's particularly disturbing is that they came out after learning all of the information about what Hamas did to innocent civilian Jews, they still decided to celebrate. It's disturbing. And we all have to, in this country, reckon with the fact that they are, in fact, our neighbors. Well, I wrote a recent article about when did the black community become so anti-Semitic? And I could tell you, as the teacher who has the longest running lawsuit against Randy Weingarten in the New York City Department of Education, this didn't happen overnight. This didn't happen by one administration. It didn't happen by uh, accident. This is carefully planned now for 25, 30 years. And people just said, they're going to look the other way and stay silent because if they speak out, they're not protected. Well, hopefully they know that we'll protect them when they speak out, that there are way more of us in the silent majority than there are in the loud minority. The problem is we are silent and we shouldn't be silent. I think everyone should speak up against all the madness that's happening, not just in Israel, but frankly, just all around this country. We're dealing with radicals on the left who we've ceded so much power to. They've taken over local governments. They've taken over prosecutor's office. And unfortunately, we're living now with the results of that, the consequences. Jason, you have two things in common with me. You are Jewish and American, and you also are a public figure who speaks out. And the number one question I am asked, and I'm sure you are asked, is how can the Jews be so democratic even after everything that's gone on? Well, I certainly hope that Jewish Americans will look at what's going on and listen to the leaders within their own party and the growing base of the Democrat Party, which are clearly anti-Israel and anti-Semitic. And while I'm not going to tell people how they should vote personally, they can make up their minds. But if you guys are telling me that you're okay with the rhetoric, if you're okay with the results, then by all means, continue to vote the way that you are. But if you're recognizing what I think a lot of other folks are recognizing that maybe there's another party for you or simply a different candidate for you. Tell us a little bit about the book. Um, What made you decide to write it? And uh, now especially. I wrote What's Killing America because I've been seeing what's killing America. You know, uh, covering what I cover for Fox News and for my radio show, I don't just cover Seattle issues or the Pacific Northwest. I go into big cities all across the country. And I was essentially seeing the same script unfold, where you can tie directly these negative consequences of homelessness out of control, drug abuse and addiction, crime. Yet at the same time, weirdly, we're spending more money living in these cities that have become increasingly unlivable or just deeply uncomfortable to live in. And I noticed that you could connect the dots directly to policies, directly to decisions, and specifically an ideology. And that means the good news is that we can reverse the trend. The bad news is 
the radical left has taken control of the culture. They've created a culture of lawlessness. They have taken over the language. And if we're going to truly defeat that and get back to a place of normalcy, we have to know what specifically they believe, what they're pursuing, and how they talk about it, which is what I cover in the book. What is the one takeaway you want people to have when they finish reading the book? Because a book like yours uh, ignites action in people. What's the one thing you want them to do? The one thing I want them to do is understand that we are in a position that we're in because we've allowed it to become this way. We have ceded power when we didn't have to. I understand why people ceded power. I understand how some people were duped. I understand how it's very difficult sometimes to see through the scams that are being pursued on the radical left. I get it, believe me. And that's why I wrote this book, because I truly believe there are more people who are on the side of reason and logic and sanity than they are on the radical left. They just have to know how to fight it back and win these political battles. And I cover it in What's Killing America. I'm going to get a little political right now because it's very funny. Uh, some people who are Republican have come out, I've seen on social media, supporting a two-state solution. And right now, given what's going on in the world, many people I know that thought about a two-state solution don't want this now. And I'm giving a warning. Like I'm glad you mentioned you're not telling people how to vote or who to vote for. But I think it's a, a lesson for the Republican Party that what happened to the Democratic Party could easily happen to them if they're not careful about candidates they pick. What do you feel about that? Yeah, 100%. I think that's always going to be a threat, regardless of one's party affiliation. You can pick radicals. There are radicals that exist on the right the same way that there are radicals that exist on the left. The reason I focus less so on the radicals on the right, at least for my book, is because the major cities are not run by radicals on the right. They're run by radicals on the left. I think nationally, the Republican Party will run into problems with, look, there's anti-Semitism on the right as well. And the further to the right you go, the more likely you are to find anti-Semitism or certainly anti-Israel rhetoric. And I think that we have to be very careful about that. I, I think we've seen some pretty poor choices that Republicans have made over the course of the last few years as far as the candidates that they decided to back, which is why we don't have control of the House the way that we should as Republicans or don't have any control of the Senate. I think that is a decision that was made. And ultimately, it's made by the voters. And so, again, at the end of the day, I don't even necessarily blame Republicans as a uh, the Republican Party, per se. I, I blame voters who aren't seeing through some of the radical language that's being used. Where can our listeners uh, follow your show? It's syndicated throughout the country. So they can get the show on podcast. It's located, it's it's broadcast here in Western Washington. So all across Washington state, we're on 770 AM and 94.5 FM on the greater east side of King County. But everyone else just search Jason Ranch Show, wherever it is you get your podcast. And where can they find your book? They can find my book, Amazon, on walmart.com, Barnes & Noble, basically wherever it is you get your books. If you're going to a brick and mortar store, just make sure you call to make sure they have some in stock. And if they don't, make sure they order them. It's incredibly important, as you know, to back conservative authors and Jewish authors. We don't necessarily, especially when the two are put together, we don't necessarily get a whole lot of uh, coverage in mainstream media outlets outside of Fox News. So any way that people can support, I really appreciate. So my tagline is you don't have to be a Jewish with Cindy because what I talk about resonates with common sense people. And I'm going to relate that to you guys. Get the book. 
What's Killing America? Jason Rantz also. You don't have to be Jewish to be a follower and learn common sense from Jason Rantz. Thank you so much for joining the Jewettes Patriot. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Welcome back in to the Jewess Patriot with Cindy Gross. Hopefully you have enjoyed the conversation this morning, even though we are in this trying time with the war in Israel. My name, Drew Shelton. I am your American Patriot DJ. You know how the program works. Every end of the show, I always give you a song to listen to. And our closing song is not new today, but it is just as timely today as it was in the 1960s as the anthem for peace in Israel. You know, when you think about the lyrics and when you listen to them and when you think uh, of the music, I want you to, you know, think of the influence, okay? The song expresses a a yearning for peace. It mourns comrades who have fallen in battle, and it claims to speak for the fallen. These lyrics you're about to hear also take issue with the culture of bereavement and with the glorification of war that allegedly exists in Israel. It calls on those who live on to strive for peace That's what we need now more than ever, a song for peace. Until next time, you are listening to the Jewess Patriots. Take care of yourself. Can we just love one another? Can we just be kind to one another? And can we just choose joy? See ya.
This is Cindy Gross, the Jewess Patriot. I look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks for watching the Jewess Patriot Show with Talk Radio's premier Jewish activist, Cindy Gross. Be sure to download Cindy's next program as well as previous ones available internationally on iHeartRadio, Spotify, and in Israel on Jewish Podcasts. See you next time on the Jewess Patriot Show.